Welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. I'm so glad you joined us for this exciting episode. My name is Nate. I'm the executive pastor at Grace Church, and I'm here with Sung Kim, who is the lead pastor of Grace Church. I promise he's here. I'm here. Yeah, he is. I knew it. Um, and we have been, and we have a special guest, but I'm going to, before I introduce our special guest, I'm going to say that we have been uh, this season talking about self-knowledge, um, primarily through the lens of the Enneagram. And we've talked about how self-knowledge in many ways can give us insight into who God is in the same way that increased knowledge of God generates um, more knowledge about who we are. We've been going through the Enneagram number by number by number. And I'll, let me just say, if you don't know what the Enneagram is, go back and listen to, to like the first three episodes of this season where we take a lot of time to explain what it is um, and where it came from and how it's used. But we're going number by number, and this episode is all about number six. Yes. And we are lucky enough to have a six on our staff here at Grace. He's a relatively new arrival. His name is Jake, and he is our videographer and does all tech for us at one of our locations on Sunday. Jake, is there anything else that you want to tell us about yourself before we start peppering you with questions? Um. Gosh, not that not that I can think of. That's exactly what I would expect. A six to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Also, exactly what you. Expect. Hey, I'm so, really leading into my role here. Aren't I? That's right. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so, Sung, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about a six, and then Jake can fill in the gaps and with and give us lots of deep personal examples. Yeah, you know. So the six, I, I'll say one thing. They make really great team players. Um, they. Uh, they're called uh, the skeptic or the loyalist. Um, they're always asking questions. They're really cautious and skeptical about things. At the same time, they're really responsible and alert, but but there's this constant anxiety of feeling unprepared about things. And so they they want to be prepared, and they're fully devoted to, to the team or the cause or the people that they're a part of. Um, and, and they're really trustworthy because they're very responsive and responsible um, and, and they really enjoy uh, collaborating with people um, in, in a healthy environment. And so, um, yeah, that, that's that's like a, a nutshell of the loyal skeptic six. Uh, Jake, how how does that how does that strike you? Uh, that's the best way of describing myself that I think I've heard. Okay, <laughs> good. That's a good sign. Because I'm, tr- I'm trying to trying to verbalize what I'm thinking or like how to describe myself is extraordinarily difficult okay and Mm -hmm. so having somebody else who kind of can can verbalize it and put it in a a succinct sentence or two sentences is one of the most helpful things nice (laughs) awesome it's the most help that i think i could get well glad we could help thanks so much for joining us no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so yeah, like speak to this, uh, Jake. You know, one of the vulnerabilities that a six feels is is fearing like finding themselves like unprepared in a in a world that is full of you know um, things going sideways or, or leaving you unprepared to navigate whatever challenges are ahead. What what does that look like in your personal life or in your professional life? Uh, well. The constant feeling of, well, I say constant, that might be a little dramatic, uh, but I do have a sense of feeling unprepared most times. Like, even if I've, like, in school, for example, I'd studied for a test, I'd, I did everything I'd, I'd 
was told how to like told to do. I felt comfortable with the material, but the second I get to that day, it's like I never spent a second on it. Really, like and that's it, the feeling you have, kind yeah. of like I, I am just woefully unprepared for this. Right, right now. and and it's like my emotion. And I'm, like I'm naturally an anxious person, um, just all the time, and so that kind of like emotionally ramps me up and starts like putting the doubt in my, like you said, doubt in my head, and then I'm like. I'm unprepared for this. And then that can lead me to you maybe not trying, you know, mm. not, not, not like quitting something, but like I'll, if there's an opportunity somewhere, somewhere I'll be like, I, I don't, I'm not prepared for that. I don't, I don't know how to do that, even though I clearly do. Okay. And, and so I know my, my inner voice doesn't help. So I, I have a daughter who's a six and, and I have a son who's a yeah. six. So we're going to be asking you how to care for sixes and taking um, extensive notes. But it's really interesting because what you're saying is exactly what we experienced when she started dance lessons. Mm. She literally was starting dance lessons and she was terrified that she was unprepared. And I was like, the class is to teach you how to dance. You couldn't be prepared for this class because it's to teach you how, you know. But to understand that that is one of the sort of driving fears makes sense why that was such a difficult sort of experience for her going into something where she felt like I don't already know how to dance. I shouldn't even be taking this class. Right. I, I think the low hanging fruit too, is that like social media does not help. Mm. Cause like the, the idea of like seeing the perfect image of somebody's like the video they made or the picture they shot or the song that they made or the wedding that they had or anything like that. It's like we in your in my head. I'm thinking, I could never, I could never do that. Yeah. Look at how good that looks. How could I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't. And it, it, the the thing I, I've come to realize now, working in like production, working in live production and post production and all that sort of stuff, is that like movies, TV, like images, they're hung up by duct tape and like <laughs> gum and like yeah. you're just you're just seeing yeah. everything that's that's in the frame everything immediate like a few pixels over right is barely it's a hanging disaster <laughs> yeah and yeah. so that's something that i'm still dealing with is that and struggling with sometimes is that like wow that picture looks so good mm. how did they do that and mm. then i'm like, i can never do that yeah but then i have to remind myself literally few a few feet from them it's something something's hanging from like a shoestring. Yeah, you know, you know, and so that's that's something that I continue to fight. Yeah, my my wife is a photographer, and so and we have people out to the farm all the time for photos, and she is a good photographer, but she only takes photos in front of the things that look good. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the number of people that show up and look at like the really crappy parts of our farm that are never <laughs> in frame, and they're like, so this, I. I don't know. I guess I just thought it would be, I thought it would look, you could, there's like so <laughs> confused because it doesn't look anything like the pictures on her website, right. except for in these very sort of narrow vistas. Mm. But it's helpful to, again, I think for sixes to hear like, Hey, remember that all those things that you see that you're comparing yourself to are, they're not, other people are not as competent as right. they make themselves out to be. Uh, it's a good way to address that fear. Yeah, and so one of the things that I, I know with sixes is that they kind of engage in this, like, irrational overthinking of things or over-analysis. An- and it can th- there's a tendency to create these worst-case scenarios. Um, does, does that connect with you, and what does that look like for you when that happens? Um, yeah, I think an easy one that 
popped into my head right when you said it is uh, like public speaking and mm-hmm. like, and that's, and that's an easy one. Like a lot of people have a fear of public speaking, but it's the, the fear of it doesn't stop there. It goes into painting the picture of what's going to happen when everything it's when everything goes wrong, not mm-hmm. if it goes wrong. Okay. Wow. And so, and again, that might just be for me personally, cause I'm, mm-hmm. I, already have anxiety about anything all the time, a lot of things all the time. (laughs) So that might just be me personally, but like, yeah, it's, I'm, and I've gotten better about it. Again, this is something that I've spent the last couple of years, like really looking at myself and seeing like where I'm struggling and what I'm struggling with. And, um, yeah, like prime example of at my brother's wedding, I was the best man and I had to give a speech, and it was the only thing I thought about the entire wedding. Like, I barely <laughs> oh, remember it. Right. I barely, like, I remember the wedding. I remember the day. But, like, when it was my time to give you my speech, I cannot give you a single letter of what I said. Wow. I, like, blacked out. Not not because of anything, like, alcohol or anything like that. I, <laughs> like, my brain just completely blocks out that entire few minutes wow. on the microphone. And I, I couldn't tell you what I said. Wow. Uh, but everybody said it was good, so I must I'm, I must be good on the fly. So yeah, <laughs> like like what is the, what is the worst case scenario that you imagine with public speaking, or like what like what is it what is it that you imagine is going to happen after you like fall on your face on stage? Um, I th- I think it's it's the perception of my intelligence, mm-hmm. and it's like if I stutter, and that's something that I used to be really scared about. Uh, when speaking is like, if I stutter or if I, I say a um or a like or something, yeah. you're, I, people are thinking less of my intelligence. Yeah. And so that's something that I, I remember the day I started having that fear, which is crazy because that's years and years ago, but I remember the first time it happened. Mm. And um, so I'm always conscious, even if it's not intention, like I'm, I'm worried somebody's going to think that I'm less intelligent. Yeah. And, and I mean, even that in some ways speaks to the, the sixes fear of being unprepared, right? Like, like I'm outside, I'm out of my depth here. You know, like I shouldn't be on stage. I'm out of my depth. I don't have anything valuable to say, or like, I imagine those being the fears that are sort of running through your head. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. On the flip side though, that also makes uh, sixes very hyper vigilant. Um, you know, in their constant sense of feeling like they're unprepared, uh, they, they actually do a lot of preparation. They do, it. right? <laughs> I, I had one friend in college who always felt unprepared for uh, exams. And after the exam, he'd be like, I, I flunked. The dude was so smart, though. <laughs> he, he was like, he, he did so well in school. But the constant feeling of like doubting himself or feeling unprepared just... Like, and so I'd be like, yeah, okay, Henry, you, you say you failed. That means you got a 98. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I know about you, Jake, is that you do spend a lot of time, like, learning new skills, whether it's on, like, YouTube, or you're you're always sort of trying to learn new things. And so, I, again, I mean, that's a little bit of that showing up, right? Yeah, I, and that, it's a lot of new skills that I'm trying to, that, that, the, the skill of trying to learn and push myself to learn is something that I'm also working on as well. So that's something I'm, I'm glad, I guess I'm glad it's, it's being seen a little bit because <laughs> I mean, I, 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 again, that fear of not being prepared. I, I'm immediately thinking who's behind me. Cause mm-hmm. if they're going to see me looking up something, they're going to think, Oh, he doesn't know how to do that. Mm. That's, and that's it. So that constant, like 
white knuckle sometimes is is a little bit exhausting yeah. um and i have to keep telling myself is that like no i'm i'm here for a reason like yeah. i'm i'm not they didn't just like schlep me in from nashville and just be like <laughs> hey here you know figure it out you know, oh man this guy sucks and you know it's like, <laughs> you know so i do have to remember to tell myself like it's okay to look things up. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, hmm. to learn things and, and people see, have people see you learning things because yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're not intelligent for not knowing. It, it means that you, that I'm trying to be more prepared or trying to widen my mm-hmm. knowledge, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, in my other role with the art denomination, I work with uh, a guy who's a six and one of the things that I value, uh, uh, again, he brings so much to the table, and you know, like one thing is like he—he's a team player who, like, just the way I'm wired, I, I'm just going to look at all the positives of some upcoming thing, and he because he's so hyper vigilant, he—he'll—he'll he'll notice uh, potential potholes that I don't even think about, and, and so again, flipping that, like, what seems like a debilitating. Um, a weakness turning it into a strength sixes bring a lot of like hey have you thought about this problem or that problem and uh so i i know also sixes just really value uh like security and authority and a sense of belonging and safety you know i, I know <clears throat> for for him um and I'm in in some ways I'm like the opposite of a six. I'm like so sure of my decisions, <laughs> you know. Despite it, all evidence to the contrary, yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But to him, it brings a sense of security, like oh, Sung knows, you know. And, and like, yeah, it's totally true. Just the other week, I, uh, I I I don't even know what the word was. I pronounced something. Uh, uh, and Amy was like, oh, I thought it was pronounced this way, not the way you pronounced it. And then we looked it up, and she was right, and she just said, Sung, like, you just say it with so much confidence, I just think you know how it's pronounced. I'm like, no, man, I'm just making it up. Yeah. <laughs> a six would look it up before it ever came up in a conversation. Exactly. So they would know exactly how to pronounce it right the first time. So, yeah, I mean, and I see that in you, Jake, too. Like, just, uh, like, the way you uh, uh, are a a team player, your loyalty, your sense of belonging, and even just the way you listen to and respond to authority, um, whether it's Nate or whoever it is in, in the office, and 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 that's a value, and that's a that's a virtue. I, I don't think you can discount, and you need team players like that. Yeah, I mean, I I call you my can do guy. Like it, <laughs> it's literally your response to any harebrained idea that we come up with. You're like, yeah, I think we could do that. I think I could figure <laughs> out how to get that done. Like that's just what you always say. Um, it, it's funny because in uh, in my relationship with you, sometimes I'm like, is he overcommitting himself? Like, sort of a six's drive for like loyalty and to be a team player sometimes leaves me wondering, like, ah, does does he really have time for this, or is he just too much of a team player to say, <laughs> guys, that's dumb, or we don't have time for that? Uh, you know, right? So that's I think the my immediate my immediate reaction when somebody gives me an idea mm-hmm. is that they like they're right. Mm. I, 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 that's something that I do is like, if somebody goes, you know, Hey, let's, let's put this here or let's move this over here. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. And, and and I'm not, I don't lean on my, my intuition until after the fact until like, uh, usually, and of course in, 
video or in, in like when you're recording something after the fact doesn't help so, <laughs> unless you're like a wizard in post-production and yeah like <laughs> I, I mean I, I like to learn things but I don't know if I've learned that part yeah, yet. Right. but um, yeah so a lot of the times if somebody's giving me some an idea of something even if they have very little or no experience and I'll be like okay yeah you're probably right and and I then only after the fact am I like wait that's not right and, I, and like that's kind of what I have to say to myself again is this is a this is probably a lot of just me telling myself things yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah i just have to tell myself no you know where the camera should sit you know what the frame should look like or you have an idea and you can kind of tweak things here and there but like you do know that you can mm -hmm. add to this mm -hmm. does that ever become like sort of inherent to, to the way you're processing a situation or does it always feel like sort of a logical process that you have to talk your way through it, it's I th it definitely happens the same way more often than not of just like that somebody gives me a correction I I do it and then oh maybe even if it's ten minutes or an hour or a day or a week later I'm like nah I don't know about that okay mm -hmm. so it, it's it's usually that same order yeah. of things and only and yeah I, I think it really kind of goes that direction okay. every time okay mm. Yeah, one thing that's really unique about the six is, um, and this is actually true of every, every type, but um, a lot of people talk, especially about the six, uh, they call it phobic and counterphobic. And so, the uh, again, because the natural default of a six is to, um, they're, they're unsure about the unpredictability of this world. And so they, they're, they're not sure about their own opinions. They have multiple voices in their heads. And so the phobic six... Um, uh, lives in this kind of uncertainty. There's a counterphobic uh, six, which because there's they are so uncertain, instead of like uh, stepping back in kind of uncertainty and doubt, they actually step up and forward and really start to assert and control. And mm -hmm. so um, I, I, I'm guessing that you're more the phobic than the counterphobic. Six. I have a counterphobic six as a daughter, and it's yeah. been helpful for me to understand that, oh, that's some of where, like, when she is feeling anxious, she will start to order people around. and But that's mm. where it's coming from, you know? Whereas I remember... <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but when we were shooting that video in my workshop and I, we were, you, we had a shot that you wanted and I started to move into it and you were like, don't move. Like you, like you kind of like shouted it at me and then you apologized like probably a hundred times <laughs> over, over the next hour. But so your bossiness is not, uh, is not a direction you move. No, no, not at all. And I, I even, you just bring it up. I feel so embarrassed. I feel oh my, my face getting red. <laughs> the funny thing is that had you not apologized, it would not have even registered for me. Like I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even remembered that it had happened. But you were like, "I am so sorry. Yeah. I will never speak to you that way again." <laughs> I, I tend to shoot myself in the foot a lot in that manner, though. Is like I, I think somebody who I'm talking to thinks the way I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I would have noticed that. So they uh, definitely uh, noticed yep. that. And so, any any number of examples from my life, I'm I'm always like essentially pulling the curtain back and seeing like, Hey, I'm anxious about this. Hey, I thought about this. I've been thinking about it for the last 10 minutes. And, and most of the time people are just like, what do you, who were, what right. who are you talking about? Right. Like they're already off doing other things. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I've been sitting on this for the last 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's a hard place to live, man. It sure is. <laughs> but you know, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of 
the years living in Nashville for a little while, I'm from Michigan. So I'm, I'm kind of in a home sort of nostalgic kind of mode in these last uh, few months that I've been up here. But when I was living in Nashville for the last, since 2016, um, up until this past December, um, I spent a lot of time with myself and just like talking to myself and that, it, that sounds weird, uh, <laughs> but like I kind of just like coaching myself yeah. through things and, and like, especially working in like live production and you got clients coming in and out and it's like, I have to learn to let things go yeah. because they're, they're off doing other things. They're thinking about other people. It's, it doesn't benefit me at all to be sitting on this for yeah who knows how much time. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. Uh, you know, I also ones, I'm a one and ones also have an internal voice that can be unhealthy. That sort of needs to be combated. And I do the same thing. I'll have seasons where all, I feels like all I'm doing is like, like trying to recalibrate my internal recording and say, that's not what you need to think about right now, or that's not what actually happened. Like it's time to, you know, so I, I totally, I totally get that. So six is usually, uh, again, one way I've heard it, uh, characterize is they have like a multiplicity of voices inside their head. And so one voice will say, Oh, this, and the other voice will say, no, 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 this. And so oftentimes sixes have a hard time making decisions. Is that true of you? If so, what areas, and if not, what, what areas are easy for you to make decisions? What areas are hard for you to make decisions? Uh, yeah, I, again, this is I, I've gotten better about making decisions and, and, and kind of finding that voice of like, this is my decision. And like, uh, but I to the speak to the multiple voices thing, especially with the uh, very loud conversations that are happening online about like social social issues or like mm-hmm. political issues and things mm-hmm. like that. A lot of the times I I steer clear of those just because I I. I can see what you're saying and I can agree to a certain extent and I can see what you, the, somebody on the other side is saying and, and kind of like speak from both ends, but that doesn't work for some people. Yeah. You know, they want you to be like a bullet list of these are me and this is me. This is my tribe. This is what I'm saying. And I'm not like that. Yeah. And so, and so when it comes to decisions, I'm like, I, with bigger things like that, it's, it's very, I, I kind of steer clear of it. And I don't know if that really kind of speaks to the, that decision element, but like, yeah. How about uh, like daily decisions or just, uh, I don't know. I, I think I go without the, I don't go without thinking, but I just mm-hmm. kind of just take it moment by moment, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just and that's kind of when it comes to like putting, getting dressed or like driving this way to work as opposed to this way to work. It's more of just like, okay, this is the way I'm going, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of just kind of run on autopilot in a way because, like, I know what's comfortable. I know how to do certain things. So I'll just be like, okay, we're going this way today. Right. How does it How does it show up? So relationships require a lot of decisions. Uh, <laughs> and I know that you just recently got engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. But that's a big decision. Like, how does it, how as a six do you live inside a decision of that magnitude? That See, that's the weird part about it is, like, that, big decision was like one of the easiest decisions that it like, it didn't even move the needle for me. Really? It really was just, it's, it's like the little tiny things, the little minutia of like conversations of talking to people and doing this, that stuff I obsess over. And I'm Mm. like, I am, it, it, it consumes me as I guess we're finding out right now. Uh, (laughs) But like when it came to, uh, 
you know, proposing to Amanda, it was just like, no, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. That's what I'm supposed to do. Really? And it was just like, that was it. And it's, it's weird when I say that to people, because everybody's like, huh? It, it was just a natural, it, it was just a natural I mean, it decision. does feel a little, di- like a little disjointed from a lot, of, from a, uh, the other things. And that's, yeah. I think that's part of what Sung was, was getting to when he's saying like, what is easy to decide about mm-hmm. what is hard? Are there, do you have, are other big decisions really easy for you to make? Have you like moving to Nashville or whatever? Did yeah. Um, I, th- I think sometimes the bigger decisions get like pushed it, pushed towards happening by something. Mm. But like once, like for moving to Nashville, it was, it was just kind of, a, okay, I'm, I'm moving somewhere else. Mm. Where is that going to be? I've been to Nashville before. I like it. Let's go. And that, that, is that so was it. Fascinating. And then, but like, and I, I went down for an unpaid internship at a, at a studio in a place that at a recording studio. And I've, I didn't know anybody there. Like it was just kind of like that's what I'm doing now. But again, like so this is what but this is what's blowing my mind, right? Because it's like if a six is afraid of being like unprepared and out of their depth, I can't imagine landing somewhere without a paid job where I didn't know anybody and feeling like, yeah, man, this is it. That's next. It, it's just really fascinating how how different that can be from what we might consider sort of a typical six mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. It does, it, when, when people say it out loud, that's when I hear how crazy it is <laughs> because I, I think I was so used to obsessing over little tiny things that there were some times where I just wanted to push myself, just go out and go do it, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're going to be sitting in indecision for months or we- weeks or months or whatever, then I'm going to be doing nothing and I'm going to wake up, you know, you know, it, when I'm 70 and be like, where, what have I been doing this whole time? Mm. Sung, you got to help us understand what's going on here. What, what is, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And again, like, uh, with all the types, there are things that are not really rational. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, even as you're explaining that too, I just keep thinking of my son, like, and he's gotten so much better at this, but I remember as a little kid, he had the hardest time when, whenever we'd go out to eat, like choosing something mm. to eat. And I'd be like, Micah, do you want this, this, or that? And he would he would get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and this was before I really understood like that he was a six. I'd get so frustrated. I'd even say to Micah, it doesn't really matter. If you make a mistake, and, and like you could order something different next time. And I just could not understand the level of doubt that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was especially in the kind of ordinary mundane decisions where, where I felt like it's such of such little consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Man, it's got me thinking about my daughter too, because she was the first of my kids to, to want to drive the tractor and our tractor is huge. It's gigantic. And like all of my other kids were afraid of it. And she, who literally will sometimes like process for an hour what she's going to have for breakfast (laughs) right and who like i said about with dance like feeling unprepared to go to a class she jumped up there she couldn't even reach the pedals and she just took off across the field on the tractor right so again it's just really interesting how sometimes it's like the mundane sort of creates this the heightened anxiety you were talking about jake and sometimes these bigger things for whatever reason are just not uh they, they don't sort of trigger the same way yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, they, we're saying it more and more, and I'm like, I really have no words that make any sense about why that is the way that it is. It just, I, I don't know. It just like to again to speak to the to the in, getting engaged. Um, I, I guess it's not anything I haven't already said, but it just like it felt like there was nothing about me that said this. You should rethink this. Whereas 
when I'm doing other things, my inner voice is like, well, you know, somebody might see it go that way. And what are you going to do about that? And it's, so it's like, I, I don't know why, but that inner voice was just like, you're, mm-hmm. you're going the right way. Mm-hmm. You're doing the right thing. And so I was just like, cool. All right, let's go. Yeah. And again, the way I would talk about this is, you know, we talked about phobic and counterphobic as, and in one sense, um, like we were talking about it as if they were two different people, but there are phobic and counterphobic elements uh, in a six, no whether, whatever your default is. And so there are two ways that sixes can respond to anxiety. One is like, well, delay the decision or avoid any kind of fearful situations. Guilty. (laughs) He raised his hand. (laughs) Guilty. Alternatively, even if somebody is phobic, right, the way they work through some of that anxiety is by tackling that fearful situation almost head on, showing like the, this, like you were talking about, like this almost blind kind of like uh, indifference to fear, but it's a different way of responding to their anxiety. And, and again, like, so uh, you may be phobic, but there are elements of counterphobicness in you. Uh, again, this is where, and, and it could be different for different people, right? But like, yeah, some of these large decisions, you're just like, you, you just go head on. Head on. Mm-hmm. But with some of these smaller daily things, there's there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear of like, oh, what's going to happen? Like my, my son, it's like, and he still does this. And, and, and now that I understand this about him, like he, he will want to outline, he will want me to outline like, uh, like our day together. Well, so, okay, what are we going to do when? And, and, and then what are we going to do? And then what are we going to do? And there are times when I'm like, I don't know, Micah, just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, that's just the way I'm wired. And, and like for him bringing that kind of certainty, like, okay, if he knows that we're going to do this at this point, it brings him a lot of comfort to know, like, you know, uh, he, he can, he can rely on, on this being planned. And, and again, that speaks to that, that sense of the fear of being unprepared for something. Yeah. And so he wants to know what we're going to do every day. Uh, cause it helps him deal with all the anxiety. Mm. I think what, is helpful also for me to remember it, it, in terms of like there being, you know, a, the type and then the counter type elements of that in the same person is to remember to be merciful that just because for example, sometimes anxiety can show up as extreme decisiveness and sort of a no holds barred rush headlong in doesn't necessarily mean that it's then easily applied to the other areas where anxiety, you know, like it's not fair for me to say to you, Jake, like, well, why can't you just, you know, treat this small area of your life the way you treated engagement? Why can't you just be sure? Right? Like that's not fair because both of those things are occurring simultaneously and from sort of the same root. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm speaking, I'm preaching to the choir here because I'm thinking about how to be a better dad (laughs) to my six, but, but that's part of it, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, So uh, as a six, Jake, knowing kind of, as we've talked about, like the inside of kind of uh, how a six is wired. um, If, if let's imagine you're talking to a younger version of yourself, what, what would you say to yourself? Uh, wow, goodness. Uh, that's something, that's a question that I've heard people ask and they like, I got something right for that. And I, and I've, I've never really sat and thought about it, but like, do, do you feel unprepared for that question? I, I, you know what? <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, but I, I think it would, it would be something so simple as just to like, stop listening to yourself sometimes. Like 
stop the the inner voices like your inner monologue is something that's like that's not set in stone this is real life this is like this is like an exaggerated version it can be an exaggerated version of your fears your your emotional responses to things and so i would say take take a second and you know check in with yourself but also realize that that is a very you know set portion of the situation yeah there is there is a whole un, like a whole environment around what you're feeling that is that is adding and like t- adding to what's happening you you aren't the sole part of this situation of what's happening so and i get that's it makes it sound kind of selfish but i think it's more of just like if there's something goes wrong you must have been the problem yeah mm-hmm. and like so i i i found myself when I was younger doing that a lot. Like yeah. if anything went wrong, you could have fixed it. You could have changed it. It's your problem. And it's like, everything was my fault, you know? And so I would say, nobody would say that to me. That was purely my own. Yeah. I, I did that to myself. And um, so I would say, kind of realize like the scope of everything, put, put what's happening in perspective yeah. and not just listen purely to your fear, you know, building up that, it building up inside you. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense because oftentimes, and I think we've talked about this, but a, the a root of anxiety is, is trying to control things that are outside of your control. That is often a root of anxiety. And so if, you know, for a six to be able to, to give some perspective and say, all of these things are outside of my control, mm. right? Like these are all the variables that are coming to bear on this situation over which I have zero control mm. that can actually release some of the anxiety because it's like, I'm not in control of this person. I'm not in control of this decision. I'm not in control of this piece of, for in your case, technology or whatever, um, that I can see how that releases some of the anxiety that a six is prone to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, all I was going to say was that, that that's something that I'm working on even right now, as we're speaking, like, <laughs> You're talking through your through like, it right now. I'm telling head. myself to just like relax, you know, listen to what he's saying. Don't start thinking five steps ahead. We haven't even gotten there yet. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 a constant struggle, but not in a struggle where I feel defeated by it. It's just something that's continually like I have to talk myself through it. And sometimes in conversations like this, it's like I'm going off in some different direction. And then I start thinking about I'm in a different direction. Oh, did I just ruin the podcast? Oh, no. <laughs> did I just ruin the podcast? <laughs> it, it really gets that dramatic yeah. sometimes. And yeah. I and I and so like I have to center myself sometimes and focus and be, uh, yeah. be like, what did you ask me again? Mm-hmm. And I and then I feel nervous about asking for somebody to repeat themselves. Yeah. It's it's a cascade of issues. It, I mean, really, but a, a huge part of it, and again, this is something that's that's common to anxiety, is anxiety takes us out of the present. Mm-hmm. Right. Like anxiety puts us in the future or it puts us in the past. It almost never puts us in the present. So part of what you're talking about is sort of like reestablishing yourself in the present moment. And again, that's a that's kind of a tried and true tool for dispelling or reducing anxiety. Mm. So somebody, uh, let's say a friend, uh, what's something that a friend can do that would trigger you in a negative way or ruin trust with you um and and what are what are things that a a friend could do to really build trust and deeper friendship with you um i think to to kind of break trust would more be like if they were dismissive 
because I, I, I dismissive about whatever I'm saying. Because a lot of the times, especially when I'm anxious, I'll talk out loud, like I'll, I'll think out loud, and and I might say something that doesn't come out right or something be weird. And then just, like, eh, just don't worry about it. Just you'll be fine. Stop worrying about it. That to me, breaking trust sounds like a little bit exaggerated, but I, I would already be like, okay, this person isn't willing to hear this sort of like external processing. And so I will, then I won't bring it out anymore. I won't, I won't have that type of conversation with them anymore. Um, so I, in, a, in reverse, I think that if somebody's sitting there and listen and like knows that the way I'm processing through it is not like set in stone feelings. It's more of just like my brain working in an audible fashion, like that somebody being willing to just listen to that would be huge because in, in, in for me to not be nervous for how I say things, cause I know that they know that what I'm saying isn't this like set thing. These are my feelings. This is exactly how I feel. And this is the perfect way I could come up with it. Cause it's very rarely that that's the case. So so when you share things, like when you're processing things with somebody, uh, are, are you seeking for that person to either affirm or help you process, or is it just um, you just want them to listen? I think primarily it's I, I do want somebody to listen, but at the same, but I I want somebody to to be there to to just kind of like sort of direct me in a way. And yeah, sort of yeah. be like, you're saying this, but I feel like you're saying this. And that, and that's like, because I'm trying to work through it and words are not like verbalizing things is not my strong suit. Right. So if I'm saying something and I'm getting these emotions out and somebody just goes, okay, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how I see what you're, this is how I see what you've said. Or this is how I hear what you've said. Uh, is that right? Mm-hmm. And is that, or, or do you want to change it? Because right. I, I feel like sometimes when I say something out loud and it speaks to what we were saying previously is that like, that's it. That's how you feel. Mm. And for somebody to be like, I know that that's not how you feel. Mm-hmm. I, or I know that's, that's you processing. This isn't, this isn't the final draft. Right. Right. You know? And so that's kind of, that's kind of how I would approach that. Yeah, that's good. And that even speaks to sort of the collaborative uh, nature and desire of sixes, right? Sort of like, Hey, let's get some other, you know, people in the mix here. Um, mm-hmm. let's sort of like work this out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They could always see, uh, the other side. Yeah. And, and so they're always really collaborative and that's why they make great team players. Yeah. That's great. And we certainly experienced that. I mean, that's the, that's the truth. This isn't just like, like love on Jake time, but legitimately, <laughs> legitimately we are, we are really thankful, uh, for the role that you play here yep. at our church. I just we have that on record now, so I just need to have that <laughs> right. rolling in my headphones. You're going to listen to this podcast <laughs> over and over. Just the, those last few seconds, he's going to clip and just I'm play just, over and over again. Yeah, just, so the the inner voice needs to just sit over here, and I just need to have my headphones on. If somebody saying, "Jake, listen, everything's good. Everything's all right." That's so. good. That's good. Well, Jake, thanks so much for uh, exposing the inner workings of your heart and mind. Um, sixes are continue to be a mystery, but we are certainly thankful to have them on our teams and in our lives. I feel like I've made myself more confused now. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next week we're going to tackle sevens, which uh, should be really fun. Thank you so much for uh, being here with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, with us uh, uh, on our next episode. 